McEwen in the left wing. McEwen wheels in front and was checked. The puck sat there for a moment. Now York is shot. Score! Cam York's first in the natural. And it's 2 1 Philadelphia. This is episode 79 of the Liberty Yell. Danny Deemer here with Chris Stumpo. As always, how are you, buddy? Oh, I'm doing good. Finally, this season from hell is over. <laughs> And we have the draft lottery coming in five days. Yes. With a nine point, was it seven percent chance at the number one overall pick? Uh, nine point five, I believe. Yeah, nine point five. Yeah, you know, let's just kick this off with that Kraken game because oh, I'm still I'm no. still a little sour about that game. No, the the last dagger from Dave Haxtell to the city of Philadelphia. You want to talk M- about that? Honestly, more than that, like it was fitting. Yeah. That that it ended like that. The last regular season game played in the nhl was a game that fucked us a game that had our hopes up and fucked us bro we i were up 3-1 and just had to get to ot up 3-1 something in me i i remember like just sitting there watching the game obviously they went up but then like when that third period started like they started skating around warming up i'm like something inside of me is telling me that they're going to fucking blow this and danny i don't know if you watched uh, but they came out and they genuinely looked like a, G- a QMJHL team. Like it looked like Elliot Dayernay could have gathered his boys, went down there and beaten them. I mean, they looked so fucking like the Flyers were so bad this year. Don't get me wrong, and like we have zero room to talk shit as fans of the Philadelphia Flyers t- to any other team except the Seattle Kraken and maybe the Montreal Canadiens. But even the Canadiens have picked it up since Martin St. Louis kind of took over. But, Danny, they looked so fucking bad. They couldn't break a puck out. They looked like they just picked up a hockey stick, just picked up skates, and started playing hockey. It was brutal. It it generally looked like Haxtell went in there and was like, all right, boys, fuck Philadelphia. We're going to go out there and we're going to blow this game. We're going to completely just tank this shit. Because that's what, I mean, obviously that didn't happen, but it was brutal, man. It was it was so bad. When it got to 3-2, I was starting to get a little scared. But in my mind, I was like, well, see, actually going into the third period, I was under the assumption that they had to win the game, and then you told me that they had to go to OT. Yeah. And that was when it just got made 3-2. And so, like, that comforted me because I was like, all right. Well, even if it gets tied, like, they're still going to push it out to OT or something. Yeah. Like, one would think. And, like, that comforted me a little bit. And then I saw the 3-3 goal. Which, by the way, Chris Drieger, <laughs> like, dude, you could have had one of them. He oh, really could have had one of them. Two of those were very stoppable pucks, for sure. But, yeah, you're right. They were just taking it to him. Win- Winnipeg looked like the best they looked <laughs> all season right there. They were flying. Winnipeg looked like they, they they got told that their golf outing got canceled, bro. Like they they came out the, they came out there absolutely firing, absolutely firing. And they're a team not to change the subject a little bit, but they're a team that I'm looking at. They're gonna shake some shit up. Obviously, I don't think Ellers goes anywhere. I don't think Kyle Connor is gonna go anywhere. But apparently, Shoifley did not say the right words at his exit interview, and he didn't like double down on like staying there. Uh. And, I mean, that's a pretty impactful center that Chuck could could inquire about. So, I mean, if they're looking to shake things up over there, Mark Shifley would be a hell of a fucking pickup. And, Chris, like we've been saying for many podcasts now, if you're going to sell us on aggressive retool, yeah, this is the expectation we're going to lay out. So when we throw out names like Shifley and Goudreau, 
it was them who went on ESPN and made it a realistic thought. We wanted to rebuild. So for us to have an expectation of you going out and getting a stud, potentially elite player, mm-hmm. we have to expect that now in order to be good next season. Absolutely. No, I agree. I mean, I don't know if you listened to Chuck's press conference, but, I mean, he laid down kind of like – he didn't double down completely on the aggressive retool, but he did hint at it a little bit. He basically was like – we're going to try to do the same thing as 2019-2020. I mean, 2019-2020, they, they traded uh, Gudis for Niskanen. They traded for Braun, Hayes. I mean, the little pickups, Pitlick, shit like that. So uh, I'm, I'm very optimistic about next season, if, uh, to, to say the least. But basically just saying the aggressive retool, uh, the same thing as 2019-2020. He's going to talk to the medical staff and try to improve that. I mean, that's a huge thing everyone wants Everyone wants questions, I mean, answers to to what happened with the medical staff. I mean, you had guys like Broussard, Ellis, Hayes. Even Faraby came back from that shoulder injury like two weeks early and then got hurt again. So, I mean, there definitely has to be good answers to those kind of questions. Um, I told you he mentioned Ellis and Couturier as acquisitions. Like he's, He kind of like compared that to like going out and grabbing some really good players out in like the trade or free agent market. So... He's kind of counting that as uh, an off-season move, getting those two back healthy, which, like, getting Couturier back is, is obviously huge. Ryan Ellis, too. I mean, Couturier, not having Sean Couturier for the entire season, basically, definitely hurt this team, no no doubt about it. But, obviously, I don't think it's the <laughs> – I don't think those two are the answers completely. I mean, obviously, they're going to help. But, I mean, there's other things that this team needs to address 100%. Um Ivan Fedotov is going to compete for the backup spot. I mean, Chuck said he's going to aggressively try to go uh, sign him, so that's pretty cool. Uh, he's 25 years old, just had an elite playoffs. Appreciate like what a 9.25 save percentage in the playoffs this year in the KHL. So that's uh that's awesome. And then he mentioned that he's not going to be trading young players. Uh, for assets, he like, he's going to keep the long term in mind. So that's that's the kind of things I took away from that press conference. So not anything. He didn't blow me out of the water or anything. He didn't say anything crazy, but I mean, he said what he said. It's it's whatever. I mean, he can't really tip his hand too much. It's funny because we always brought up and jokingly kind of said uh, goalie factory for years now, mm. but I think it kind of rings true with our process. I mean, Sandstrom. I've liked what I've seen out of Sandstrom. Even yeah. in the, the rough situations he's been in. I mean, no goalie's going to look good here. But I just looked like his first game when he was that against the Sharks when he had like 43 saves but still lost. A Sandstrom? I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was against the Sharks. I could double check though if you want me to. I like Sandstrom though. I mean, I think he'll be like the the, the, the starter in Lehigh next year. He'll, he'll get the bulk of those starts. Uh, hopefully, Fedotov comes in here, get he gets signed, and then we can see if he's good enough to compete for that backup spot. I mean, having two guys. Hart and Fedotov, like under 26 years old, as like our goalie tandem would be really, really cool. I don't think we've seen anything like that uh, since me and you have been alive. I, honestly, I don't think I don't think it's always been either Steve Mason, Ray Emery. I mean, I remember uh, Nidamaki for a little bit, Robert Esch. I mean, all these guys. I don't remember any of these goalies uh, having two goalies under 26 years old. So, I mean, that'd be really exciting. Um, and hopefully these young guys can take another step. I mean, he mentioned Konechny as a guy who had like a really good finish to the season. I mean, he did. Like, 14 points in 19 games, 6 goals, 8 assists. So, yeah, he did. But, I mean, 16 goals on the season. I mean, that's just not 
that's not enough from connecting. I, I don't really give a fuck what anybody says. Anybody can come on here and try to defend them, but I mean, definitely a down season for that kid, in my opinion. I don't really care. Oh, it's absolutely not even debatable. No, it's not. No, it's, it's just really not. I mean, yeah, he finished strong, but I mean, like we just got done saying before we hit record. I mean, th- these games didn't fucking matter. I mean, yeah, you gotta. It's nice to see him pick play up and look good. Same thing with like Frost, Case, and Tippett, but. I'm not putting too much stock on that. If they come out next year and they start the season really well, then 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 I'm all in. Then I'm like, okay, fine. Maybe he just needed a little like, kick in the ass. So de- de- depending on who the coach is next year. I mean, we'll get into that soon. But, I mean, there are a lot of what-if factors. Who he gets, who steps up, who takes that next step, what, who, who's the coach. You know, there's a lot of, lot, lot, lot of factors to go in. Who we draft. I mean – I think there's like one or two guys in this draft that are probably would be NHL ready. I think Shane Wright would be NHL ready right out of the right out of the shoot, and I think Cooley would be too. But Cooley's committed to the University of Minnesota, so I think he'll be there for at least a year. Um, but that's about it. I don't see Nemec. I don't see Slavovsky being NHL ready right out of the right out of the gate. So I mean, whoever we draft, we probably won't see next year. So it's that's what that is. Let's get in to the mailbag. Yes. Real quick. F- okay. Oh, I thought you were about to say something. No, there you go. Uh, so the Flyers finished with a record of 25, 46, and 11. Oh, my God. It's 61 points, fourth worst team in the NHL. The season is complete. Uh, and here is some exit questions. Bleed orange and black. Do you think Philadelphia trades up or down – if so, what kind of scenario you think happens? Thoughts on later round prospects? Besides head coach, what development coaches are out there and who should we get? What does Philadelphia have to do to become an attractive destination for players? And how does this team rebound? Um, actually, I think that's a pretty. I think the first question was a pretty good one because I mean that's something that has hasn't been really talked about a lot this year. I mean, this draft obviously isn't a very strong draft. Everyone's looking to 2023. I mean, we saw the trade deadline. A lot of teams decided to take a 2023 pick instead of a 2022 pick. So, obviously, the draft next year is a lot deeper, a lot better. But, I mean, that's not saying that this draft isn't good. I think one through eight is really good, and then it kind of drops off after that. So, I'm kind of glad that we have a top six pick locked up. So, we're going to get a good player, 100%. But... Uh, if you're sitting there at four or you're sitting there at six and somebody at 11 or 12 or 13 is loves a player there and wants to trade with you, I mean, I wouldn't be totally mad at them trading back, but I also at the same time, I'm sitting here saying anything out of the top eight, I, I, I wouldn't be too keen on trading away because like, 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 like I just said, I think the top eight is really good. Not really good, but I I think it's better than after. Like it kind of drops off after that. So I think you're gonna get a good player in the top eight. So, um, I mean maybe six to eight, but I mean I wouldn't trade out of the top. I wouldn't trade out of the top ten. I really, unless like they're giving you crazy. Like unless they really want to trade up for a player. Um, I don't see them trading it away. I think they're gonna make the pick. I I, I think Flair would quit on the spot if they traded this pick away. I mean this is literally what he's here for. The top six pick so we'll see yeah i agree i I think they make the pick yeah you have to you have to make the pick after a season like this 
you have to make that pick unless you're trading it for an impact player. I mean, apparently the Devils just came out and said that they're looking to trade their first round pick for an impact player. I just I, I don't see what what kind of impact player could be given up for this draft. When's the last time we've seen an impact player traded for like a top six pick? Especially in this kind of draft. So I mean, I really it just doesn't really happen often in, yeah. the, in this league, honestly. Um, for as to later round prospects, honestly, I haven't done, I haven't started my deep dive into the later round prospects because I've been focusing on like the top ten, top twelve within the last month because I know the season's honestly since fucking Thanksgiving. But I mean, <laughs> last month and a half, I've really di- uh, dove deep into the top ten. Um, if anybody wants some, like somewhere to go for. Um, like a deep dive into to this draft, or not even this draft, but 2023, 2024. Uh, the scouting report is extremely, extremely good. Um, it's where I get most of my uh, most of my re- like reviews on players, all that stuff. So, if anybody's interested, he does. I'm pretty sure his name is William. Uh, Will's his name's Will Scouch. Uh, he I has, just want to say, shout out that guy, dude, because he's been grinding for a minute He's now. awesome, dude. He is like, awesome. I remember when he made Cam York videos before that draft, and he, I remember watching the quality of his video and being amazed that he, the amount of subscribers he had. Mm-hmm. I was like, he should have had more. I don't know what he has at this point in time, but when I watched him the first time, he had like 900 subscribers, and he still had the same great quality of video he has now. And it just blew my mind that more people did not know about him. Yeah. I mean, I listen to his podcast every week. Um, his new one just came out today, so I'm excited to hop off of here and turn that on and listen to that. But, I mean, if you go on his blog, scouching.com, uh, and you click on the top right, it says the blog, <laughs> literally. He, I mean, he, he has so many so many numbers that he tracks these players with. I mean, I don't even know where to begin with. Like, I, I generally don't even know half of them, like what these mean. But, I mean, he has tiers of players that he likes. And I love how he doesn't go by the national, the national, like, whatever, what everybody's saying about players. Like, he has, he has uh, Brad Lambert as, like, his second best prospect in this draft. And I love Brad, uh, Brad Lambert in the, the World Juniors before the World Juniors got canceled because of COVID. He looked awesome on that Finland team. But, I mean, like, not nobody else has him in the top, like, five. In this, and, and Will has him in his number two spot. He loves him. He thinks that uh, he thinks that Lambert needs more skilled players to play with around him. And the Pelicans, the team that he plays on, does not have that. So, I mean, I think he's just – he thinks that he's just one of those players that like, he needs quality teammates around him, which is, like, true for every other player. I mean, if you're not going to have – Good players around you, you're probably not going to be very good. But uh, I mean, it, that's another, like that's kind of eye opening. He has Berlambert over Cooley. He has Lambert over Slavoski, Savoy. He has uh, Nemec. I mean, all of these guys. Nemec. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I'm butchering his name. I've heard people say Nemec or Nemec. Um, I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know if I'm butchering this kid's name either. But David Chirik, uh, the defenseman out of, uh, I think it's Slovak. Oh no, he's a he's a Czech. He's a uh, yeah, he's a Czech. He has him way higher of Nemec too so I mean there's like his tears are awesome and I'm, it just if you want to listen to a guy who knows what he's talking about when it comes to prospects go give him a listen um, I'm plugging his shit in my own podcast right now um, he's awesome like Danny said he's been grinding for since after the McDavid draft is when he started this up so I mean give him a shout um, you probably you will not be disappointed I mean this kid this guy really puts the work in for sure Besides head coach, which develop 
development coaches are out there and who should we get. I I want to talk about head coach, honestly. Yeah, I don't want to talk about development coach. I mean, I don't really know any development coaches that are out there. But I mean, head coach is such a huge, such a yeah. huge thing right now. You and the head know. coach has like such a huge influence on the rest of the coaching staff. So yeah. you, you kind of have to wait for that domino to fall before uh, you put the surrounding pieces in. But as far as head coaching goes, do you have any early front runners, or are you just kind of feeling it out right now and just waiting to see who's all available. I mean, I would like Dave uh, David Montgomery. Uh, I think he's probably my number one pick. They're probably going to go with either Tockett or Tortorella. I mean, I have like a, a gut feeling that's going to be one of those two guys. Uh, I mean, Paul Maurice isn't isn't terrible. I wouldn't be that mad with him. I mean, he had a pretty good pretty good stint with the Winnipeg Jets for a very long time. Eight year stint with them. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of names out there. Paul Maurice got Claude Julian, uh, obviously Torella, Tockett, Jim Montgomery. I mean, you got a lot of you got a lot of options out there. I mean, I I saw things that Vancouver wasn't uh, wasn't doubling down on Boudreau. I mean, I don't. I, I uh, saw that as well. Why? What I are they doing? Don't know. They he he came in there and completely turned them around. They were they were worse than us at one point, and like I forget when he got hired, but they were. Way worse. I remember one article came out. It was like the Vancouver Canucks are a complete dumpster fire. And then after he came in, he got that building rocking again. Got them turned around. They didn't make the playoffs, obviously, but I mean it's night and day after he took over. So I mean, if they don't double down on him, if they don't double down on him, then the Chuck Fletcher needs to get on the phone one hundred percent. I mean, he's my number one. He's my number one choice if 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 Vancouver doesn't bring him back. I saw something like their their GM said that like. They want him to continue coaching on the deal that he agreed to, but apparently he wants a little bit more because of how good of a job he did. I mean, maybe it's just like a negotiation tactic, them saying that, but, I mean, if they don't if they don't let him get the money he deserves, and, I mean, Comcast don't give a fuck about money, so just throw the bag at him. Let him come in here and, and implement his system. I mean, he's not really like a system kind of coach. He kind of just adapts to the roster that he has, and that's what I want. I don't want to, like, I really do not want a coach to come in here and be like, this is how I coach. You're going to adapt to my system because we've had that for so long. I mean, that was what A.V. did. Yeah, he was nominated for the Jack Adams Award his first his first year here, took us to the playoffs. But, I mean, I really do not want a coach that comes in here and is like, like, like Tortorella, I wouldn't be terrible. I, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be crazy mad at it, but I wouldn't be happy. I, I I would be in the middle if we hired him, because like yeah, he does get the most out of the rosters that he has. Like Columbus the other year, swept Tampa. I mean he had that building rocking. I mean he had those players playing for him. So I mean uh, yeah, obviously he does get a lot out of his rosters. But I mean I know all coaches have shelf lives. I mean they all don't last a while unless you're like an extremely extremely good coach. But his shelf life is like even less than other coaches. Like he's only going to last a couple of years because he eventually gets on people's nerves and then he's yeah. out. When it, when it drops off, it drops off heavy. Bad. You called that. I remember with Columbus, they were like so good. I remember you being like, "I'm just waiting for the fall off. I'm waiting for the fall off because it's always bad." And that's exactly what happened. Like he's all. It always ends terrible with him. So we'll and then see. Then he goes somewhere else and they play fired up and then they go on some. Some crazy ass run for maybe a year. It's kind of like AV, kind of like AV. Yeah, I do honestly. I wouldn't mind Rick Tockett. I really he 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 made the playoffs with that Arizona team that did not have a good roster. 
They did not have a good roster. He has a relaxed system, so I mean, he wouldn't come in here and be like, "This is how I play." I mean, he kind of lets his players play freely. So, I really would not mind Rick Tockett. I know it's the that cliche, like, "Oh, the Flyers always hire the people that used to be players," but I mean, like, he's a guy that I I, I don't give a fuck about. Like him, Montgomery, um, obviously Boudreaux, and uh, Paul Maurice wouldn't be awful, but I mean, he's not my he's not my top three pick. What about you? Montgomery one, Tockett two, Tortorella three. Yeah, if I had it. Oh, if that's like if Boudreaux's staying in Vancouver, which I assume. Um, but I'm gonna add to the point with Vancouver. It's why would they even let that circulate? That like just the bad vibes of that. The way they ended their season with the turnaround. Like, guys are confident again. He's got the room confident again. I loved his exit interview, the way he was talking. He was like, these guys, they're young, and they're going to come back next year wanting it. And um, just to have that, like, little wrench thrown in the end, it's nothing much. Like, I'm sure he's probably going to come back next year, and all will be well. But, I don't know. I feel like they ended their season on a on a great note. And just, why would they even toy with that? Yeah, no, um, I agree. No, it's definitely something that you probably wouldn't want to go into the offseason hanging over your head. But, like you said, he, he's mostly 85%. He's definitely back, in my opinion. But like you said, I don't know why you would want that to be hanging over people's heads going into the offseason. That's all people are going to talk about. Instead of like these young kids, like he mentioned, developing, instead of that being the talking point of the season, it's going to be, oh, is Boudreau coming back until it's finally confirmed that he's back? So, I mean, yeah, it doesn't make any sense from a Vancouver standpoint. But from a Flyers fan standpoint, it's kind of intriguing. Yeah. But I have to think Tockett is the Flyers' favorite. Oh yeah, you just have to assume. Yeah, you ha- yeah, and like I really wouldn't mind him. Like he's not a Tortorella in the sense that like he gets on people's nerves, but he also isn't like a no. He doesn't fuck around. So he would come in here. He wouldn't deal with the baby shit that some of these players go through. I mean, like he 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 would really double down on these guys, kick them in the ass a little bit, but then also let them play over uh, a relaxed system. You know what I mean? Like, we, we talked about Tortorella. If he got hired, say goodbye to Morgan Frost. <laughs> like, he does not like players <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Frost. <laughs> walk the plank, dude. Yeah, walk the plank. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I do like talking. He's definitely in my top three for sure. So. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And I get, like, the same kind of – I get, like, like similarities to Brindamore, hopefully, oh. if, it go, if it plays out to the ways that – I hope it would. I'd say at Tockett's ceiling in Philadelphia, I would hope he would be like a Brindamore type coach where the guys like know he's a former player and he's a badass former player and they get fired up to play for him. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, he's also stern when he needs to be, mm-hmm. can lay the law down, send messages, push the right buttons when he needs to be. Um, I would definitely be open-minded. And he did do well with that Arizona team. Uh, he did bring them to the playoffs and their roster wasn't good. So, um, I'm definitely intrigued for that. So, I mean, we're talking about this, but Danny, you know, it's going to end up being the the Western Michigan's head coach, right? That gets hired. <laughs> no, dude, I read a tweet. I don't know if it's true, but I read uh, somebody said something under one of our uh, one of our tweets saying that was it true that when Hextall was going through his coaching search before he went and grabbed uh, Hextall, that Rob Brendamore interviewed and then walked out of the building. Walked out of the building. Like no, like not not walked out, but like they let him walk away. Like after getting interviewed for the head coaching spot. I don't. Oh, I mean that would that would absolutely not surprise me. I mean, I don't remember this organization, that, and I know it was one year, and I know he was an interim, and I know hindsight is most definitely twenty twenty. 
but to see what Craig Berube, the job he has done in St. Louis, and it's just like, dude, we had this guy under our own wing. We couldn't recognize that he had the capabilities to – and guys loved playing for him. Like, yeah. even even that Flyers team in 2014 loved playing for him. It does suck. I don't know. But, uh, like, if it's true that Rob Brindamore went out and interviewed with them and then they let him walk out of the building and then Hextall went out and called Hextall to come fucking coach for him – I mean, like, we're already talking about Hextall enough. I mean, fuck that guy, dude. Honestly, <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. That, that's fucking brutal, man. I, mean, I I probably won't get over that for a while, but ha- I have to. I have to shut the fuck up. It's over and done with. It's whatever. Timmy. Timmy's comment's funny. Last question from Bleed. What does Philadelphia have to do to become an attractive destination for players, and how does the team rebound? Want to thank you, gents, for hard work this season. It was tough and miserable at times, but you guys sure as hell made the journey fun and more enjoyable. Keep up the great work. Looking forward for more to come. My man, I appreciate all your support, man. From day one, you've been you've been the dude for sure. Um, Absolutely. Attractive destination. I mean, winning games is is a pretty easy way of being an attractive destination. Um. But I also, I don't buy into the whole, oh, nobody wants to come to Philadelphia. I mean, that's such bullshit. That's just these fair-weather fans getting getting upset about and just just, just continue, continually shitting on the team. I mean, I, I don't believe that, that, that that's the case 100%. I do think guys would want to come here. Oh, no, Philadelphia is absolutely still an attractive destination for players because it's an attractive destination for agents. Yeah. Like, this isn't the NBA where guys just want to go to a Miami or an L.A., like every superstar wants to go to that huge market by a beach. That's not the case. Like you will see guys in hockey sign a seven-year deal with the Winnipeg Jets and go live in Winnipeg <laughs> because they overpaid for them. Yeah, that's just how it goes. And so I think with as long as we have the backing of Comcast's money and cap space, the Flyers are always going to be a player and and whatever they choose to be. Yeah. Now I think the problem is they don't choose the right things to be aggressive in or push the envelope in if you will nice. like they go after the wrong players mm-hmm. no, that's perfectly said like do i think that the uh, the attraction to philadelphia is a little less than what it when it should be absolutely i mean they suck they suck they have all these i mean look at the the, the trainers for the flyers that story coming out i mean there's a lot of i mean well wishes to them i mean that's an awful awful story no nah, def- definitely well wishes to them that is that is heartbreaking stuff but like, dude, yeah, yeah. Wish him nothing but the best. Oh, uh, for honestly. sure, absolutely, one hundred percent. But I, I, yeah, I'm. Uh, is the the destination attraction uh, like a little less than it probably should be? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think dudes are running here to, uh, to to join this team. But I also don't, I don't agree with players looking at Philadelphia and scoffing, be like, "Oh, I'm not going there. I'm not going there." I mean, if you looked at Chris Pronger's thread that he made a couple weeks ago he talked about how philly was his favorite place to play because of the uh the least amount of travel he loved philadelphia because like you were home before 1 a.m in the morning you were able to like rest and all this shit i mean he was like philly was my favorite place to play because he was just so close to everything so i mean like yeah, I, I don't think it's, like, the biggest target for, for free agents and shit like that because of how bad we've been. But I also don't think dudes scoff at the idea of coming to Philadelphia. I really don't. I mean, I, I do not buy into that at all. I, I think it's bullshit. I think it's people just being upset the fucking Flyers suck, which they do. But 
Like if Johnny Gaudreau doesn't get signed by Calgary, you you generally think he's going to scoff at the fact, uh, scoff at the idea of coming to Philadelphia. He's not going to. They're going to throw money at him if he doesn't get signed by Calgary. They're going to be in on Johnny Hockey. There's there's 100%. no doubt in my mind. I don't care. I mean, should they be? That's another discussion. He's 28, 29 years old. He's coming off the probably the best season he'll ever have. Should they be in on him? That's a completely different discussion. But they will be. They they 100% will be. If he doesn't get re-signed. We'll see. I just want to say, that's a very interesting thread out of Pronger, and I enjoyed reading it because it's something, as a fan, you don't really take into account yeah. when you think about it. You saw that, situations. though, right? He was talking about, like, the oh, yeah. the, the, the travel, the recovery time, all that shit. Well, he, he said a couple other things, but I kind of forget what he said. He also had a map, too. He had mm-hmm. a map with all the logos, and it showed, like, the Flyers being pretty much in the center of all of the teams, like, in proximity on the East Coast, especially. Which is a huge thing. I mean, if you think about it, that's a, that probably would be a huge thing for a player, especially a player with a family. Like, they're, they're, they're able to be home and not, like, traveling on a plane or in a hotel room. I mean, Pronger was like, I was back before 12 in my house. I took trains to New Jersey to all these different places, and it was like I was back in time. I was back in, like, a, in a timely manner. So, I, think, I definitely think that's a... A good thing for the Flyers, for sure. And I saw people, of course, using that opportunity to dunk on the team and just being like, this makes me feel even worse that we haven't been good the last couple years. But I think it's just one of those things where, like, if you have great players and you're a good team, that kind of thing makes a difference. You know what I'm saying? Well, it also goes back to what you said. They don't target the right players. Like, TJ Brody was there, and we signed signed Eric Gustafson. Like, I mean, like, T.J. Brody just made a beautiful shorthanded play in, in yesterday's game two. Where was it game one? I forget which one. I think it was game one. Uh, but, like, like you said, like, it's, it's all going back to the Flyers not really being in on, like, the right players. Is Kevin Hayes a good player? Yeah. Is he a little overpaid? Yeah. But, I mean, I don't. But here's the question. <sighs> Would you have rather Matt Duchesne? Because he was the, that those were the two guys in the center market. It was Matt Duchesne and it was Kevin Hayes. Those were the two centers that were readily available to go throw money at that summer. Well, I also read that uh, Duchesne didn't want to go anywhere but Nashville. So I remember when that all that shit was going on. Yeah, he definitely wanted to go to Nashville. He 100% sure. wanted to go to Nashville. So I don't even think we could have been in on him as much as I would definitely would have wanted to. I mean, Matt Duchesne is a really good player. He, yeah, he's 31 years old. But he had 43 goals this year, 86 points. So, I mean... He kind of revitalized himself over there in Nashville. I mean, he was there for the last two years, obviously. But, I mean, he had a really, really, really good season this year. Tim A, sell the team. (laughs) Uh, That's not happening, man. I'm sorry. Conway, should the Flyers tar and feather Keith Yandel in K-Lot? I was just with Conway a couple days ago, and he was like, you need to answer my question on the pod. And I mean, he's not going to be here for us to in in, in, order, in order for us to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, and if happy. he is, and if he is, I am a fucking Seattle Kraken fan, bro. I'm gonna order a fucking Maddie Bernier's jersey, and I'm fucking I'm all in. The fire Dave Axel, get a real coach in there, and I'm fucking in, dude. Yeah, but, I really hope this is the last time I ever watched Keith Yandel or James Van Riemsdyk. Nate Thompson too. They better not. I mean, like, not. I'm not saying Nate Thompson was to blame for the season. I don't have all these guys coming at me. Oh, Nate Thompson, you're blaming Nate Thompson for the season. No, I'm not. I'm not. Shut the fuck up. But at the same time, <laughs> do not resign him. 
he 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 can, he cannot be a flyer next year. Keith Yandel is going to retire, so I don't think we have to worry about that. Like you said, Nate Thompson, Keith Yandel, uh, fucking James Van Reems, like maybe Oscar Limblom. I mean, you have to look at. I mean, like you have to look at this. Like, you really do. I mean, we we have some cap maneuvering to do this year, one hundred percent. I mean, there are going to be big moves made, in my opinion. I mean, you have guys like Van Reems, like makes seven million dollars. He's a free agent in 2023. Um, Rasmus is going to make 5.1 next year. Kateri is going to make 7.7 next year. Ellis makes 6.2. Um, yeah, just there's going to be a decision to be made. Uh, Sandheim's an unrestricted free agent in, in 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 a year. He has he has one more year one more year left at four six, and then he's a free agent in 2023. Provi makes six seven. And there's I mean, rumors that he might go Provi. Yeah, I mean we'll get into him, but. Um. Yeah. I mean, Danny. There's not one. Uh, <laughs> we've been saying this is fucking Thanksgiving. There is not one player on this team except Carter Hart, and I'm not picking up the phone for. It. Nobody on this team is safe. I don't give a fuck what you say. I I, I don't care. Nobody on this team is safe, dude. I I'm listening to what anybody has to say about any of these players. You have to look when you have a season like we had. You cannot be like, oh, I'm not trading away Eddie. No, I'm not. No, no. you have to look at every possible avenue that there is. Because Chuck Fletcher is going to have to get creative this offseason. He's going to have to get very, very creative if he actually wants to turn this thing around and, and try to make the playoffs next year. Oscar Limbaugh makes $3 million. Scott Lawton makes $3 million. I'm not saying trade Scott Lawton away. I do like him in the bottom six. Zach McEwen is probably going to come back, which I don't mind. If he's making like eight twenty-five a million dollars a year, I don't give a fuck. But like Varim's like, Konechny's going to be a guy that, that that's going to be looked at. Limblom is going to be a guy that I'm looking at. Maybe they trade him. I mean, he's I, I don't know with Limblom. Um, like the Provorov, Sandheim. There are going to be moves made. I just don't know who it's going to be. And I don't even think the Flyers know who it's going to be. They're no. just they're waiting and seeing what openings happen. And if they're telling us they're going to be aggressive, we I expect real aggression. I don't expect Eric Gustafson. Andre Palat? <laughs> you excited for him? It's going to be Nazem Kadri, man. I really just have a hunch. That is the, the, the typical Flyers. Like, they, they've been saying it all year. We have a center need. We have a center need. Like, it, you you just know they're going to try. They can't afford him, though, right? Like, who like, – are they going to get – are they gonna get rid of JVR and then sign Kadri? Is that is that what's gonna happen? He's gonna get massively overpaid. He's going to get at least eight, right? Oh yeah, maybe nine. Yeah, I'd say nine. Nine. How many points did he? he had over a hundred points, right? Kadri. Um, I can look for least, you. At least close to that, but you just have to take into to account who he plays with. Yeah. More importantly, like yeah. he won't have anything close to that here. Like I'm sorry, he's he's gonna have he's gonna have Noah Cates throwing him feeds, <laughs> and I love Noah Cates, but he ain't no Rantanen, man. Like he had 87 points this year, 28 goals, 59 dude, assists, and 71 games. Like at 71 games, dude, that is really good. And I know that's attractive <laughs> to the Flyers, but it, it's so inflated. It really is. Yeah, I know. And he's a great player. Like he's a good player. Like I like Nazem Kadri. I like the elements he brings. And if we could have him. In a not year like like a contract year for him in which he just absolutely had his best year, then I would I would I would want him otherwise. But this in this scenario, I do not want to approach. It's kind of like the same. I mean, honestly, Danny, as much as we want Johnny Gaudreau, isn't it kind of the same boat? 
both players are like, I mean, Kyle G's what, 31? Yeah, Kyle 31, Johnny Gaudreau's 28. Both players are coming off career years. Both players will probably not put up those points again. I mean, we've seen Johnny Gaudreau put up 100 points before, but both are going to get massively overpaid. So, I mean... Yeah, I feel much- like I'm just more of a believer in Goudreau long term. Yeah. We sh- yeah. I think Goudreau would be able to put up points in like the same capacity without I mean like by being the guy. I mean I I mean he's a guy in Calgary too. Obviously he's surrounded by like Kachuk, all these guys over there, but I mean I think he'd be able to come here and, and, and put up points. Kadri I think he's awesome. He's a good player, but like you say, he's going to get massively overpaid, and he's not going to be playing with the same players. So exactly, Kod- I'll, I'll put it like this: Kadri gets elevated by the people around him. Johnny Goudreau elevates the people around him. If you get what I'm saying, Johnny yeah, yeah. Goudreau is going to come in here and make players better. Nazem Kadri was made better by other players. Yeah, uh, I, I can agree. With that. I mean, he was good with Toronto, but he wasn't nearly as good as he was with uh. With Colorado, like his best season with Toronto was, and like yeah, like I said, I love what he brings. I think he's a great, especially for playoff time. What he brings, I know he's been <laughs> suspended for a lot of playoff series. But, <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say that. But like his style of game for the playoffs, yeah, he's good. He's a good hockey player, man. But like you said, he's going to get overpaid. So, um, I'm trying to try to stay away from that because you, you already kind of have one overpaid center. I mean, like. I said it. Like you ha- how many? How much money are you gonna have locked up on at, at the center position? Because Hayes already makes seven point one. You have um, Couturier. He makes what seven seven. We're going to make seven seven, and then if you sign Kadri, you're probably gonna have what him eight nine million. So you're gonna have a ton of money like locked you, you up. You just can't have Nazem Kadri being your highest paid center. And it doesn't like honestly signing Kadri doesn't elevate you to like cup contender status in my opinion so I mean no. doing that wouldn't make any fucking sense does Johnny Gaudreau elevate you to cup contender status too um that's to uh, that's to be seen maybe Pro- probably not but he'll probably get us to the playoffs yeah and then we'll see I mean if we get Johnny Gaudreau this roster is gonna be completely different I mean obviously they're gonna have to make room for him because obviously so obviously JBR is gonna be on I mean, Absolutely. if we we get Johnny Gaudreau, we're going to be depending on a lot of younger younger guy ELC contracts. Like he did mention, Chuck Fletcher mentioned Cates, Tippett, Frost, um, Forrester, Dayernay, Wisdom. I mean, obviously, not all these guys are going to make the team, but I mean, he's they're going to get chances this camp. Like Dayernay is going to have a chance to make the team. Wisdom is going to have a chance to make the team. So we'll see. It's going to be exciting. I think not to go off topic or anything, but. Can we both agree on the fact that Bobby Brink is probably not ready for the NHL as as much as we don't want to admit that? It's kind of weird because like, he dominated the college game, and you think that would be like, a smooth transition like it was for Noah Cates, but, I mean, I think he looked uh, yeah, lost. Yeah, I, I, could, I could absolutely agree with that. I, I mean, I, I would say I kind of even expected that, to keep it real with you. Yeah, because, with, with like, the way he plays? Yeah, the way he plays, and, like, it, to, it took him a little bit to have it to come all together, you know what I'm saying? Like, when he was first drafted, it was what, – what was the knock on him? His skating, his, his pace. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. His choppy so skating I always, style. I always knew, like, second-round pick. Like, I always knew he was kind of like a a long-term bet. I didn't think – and when he had that NCAA year, I still I still didn't think he was going to come in and be a difference maker off, off the start. But – He's still good. Like, I think he had a good first handful of games in the NHL, but – Oh, I, yeah, I like, I like his IQ. 
Oh my god, yeah, his passing is incredible. But I, I, I don't think like fifteen, twenty games in the AHL to start next season would hurt him at all. I think it would extremely, it would really, really help him. So, yeah, I'd actually like to see that. Oh, me too. I would love to see him be like the guy. See how he does down and, there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Hayden Hodgson's burner. <laughs> <laughs> this kid's funny as fuck, dude. At, at Dank Seltzer. Who do you actually think we're going to get in the draft? Like, love not this. what do you want, what do you think? I love this question, dude. Now, I love this question. I love this question, too. Because what I want is what I think. <laughs> Who's I'm that? Who do you want? Who do you want? I think it's going to be when it's all said and done and all them those pieces of cardboard get flipped. I think... <laughs> I think Montreal is going to have the first overall pick. We're going to have the second. They're going to take right. We're going to take Cooley. You think I we're going to get second? We're gonna, dude, the, the, the dreaded second pick? I I, I just think we're going to get un- yeah, the dreaded second pick. The dreaded JVR. The cursed. Nolan Patrick. Oh, my gosh. No, bro, you, no, you just know what's going to happen. We're going to draft Cooley, and he's just going gonna to miss a whole season with, like, chronic pink eye. <laughs> Stop. Stop, bro. We're going to go to Minnesota and just forget how to play hockey. Completely forget how to, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> forget how to yeah. stick handle. <laughs> just falling every time. Yeah, dude. That's the fucking Flyers luck. But um, I see that happening just because I don't think that the draft is rigged. But I'm just saying, in recent years, listen, the Coyotes have been bad. <laughs> For how long? And I've never seen them get a number one pick. I was just thinking that. Like, they've never been handed. The, their their <laughs> owner's probably like, dude, what the fuck, bro? Like, how are they still a team? Like, how are they still there? Is it Batman not wanting to admit that he fucked up? Is that uh, yeah, what it is? I, I, I guess. I guess so. I guess he believes in the market of Arizona. They're playing in a fucking college stadium <laughs> this year, bro. That I hope JVR is attending. I hope JVR like, bro, is the like, stud you, there. You can't tell me another city can't sell a building out. Like, like, come on. I know. I know. I, I'm not even talking about, like, Quebec. It really doesn't even have to be, like, a Quebec or something like that. You mean to tell me there's not one other? Like, give another uh, state a team. Like, you know how other, other sports will have, like, five New York teams? Yeah. Just give, give New York another team. Fuck it. Fuck that. No. No. <laughs> no, dude. No. So, something else. Fuck. Like, Arizona, like, they're on the, the brink of getting getting booted for sure. But, fuck, no, I don't want a New York team. Absolutely not. No, I'm just saying, like, get them anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for and sure. I'm saying, I'm saying it doesn't have to be a specific, like, fan base, like, Quebec City. You can even go to somewhere more bigger if you would like. Yeah. I mean, why not? probably succeed. Um... Who do I think we're gonna end up with? I mean, the second pick would be awesome, um, but like in my scenario, I'll say I'll say because I, I I personally think that we're not going to get dropped down. Like, there's so many people on Twitter that like answer our our replies and and tweet at us and shit, saying like you you know they're gonna get booted to six. You know they're gonna get booted to six. And if they do, I mean that, that's not the worst thing in the world. Like they're going to get like like I said, the top like nine to ten, maybe eleven is good. Like it, it's it's good. It's not bad at all. Um, I think they're going to end up with uh, Cooley or Nemec. Nemec. Because I think Savasi is going to go. Like I, I, He's been shooting up draft boards. Um, I think he's going to go high. But, uh, yeah, I think we're going to get Cooley, Nemec, or I really wouldn't mind Savoy. I think he's that, that elite, like he has that elite talent in the offensive zone that like we have been missing so much. He reminds me of Matthew Barzell. 
where he really like the way he skates, the way he stick handles, the way he shoots the puck, the pace that he plays with. He's an extremely, extremely skilled offensive player. The the knock on him is a defensive game, but I mean, I really like Savoy. The worry on him is the five on five play, but I mean, there are a lot. There's a lot of like intriguing players. Like there, are Jonathan Lecker and Emmy, uh, Lecker Mackey. Uh, he, he's been shooting up draft boards. I just talked to you about uh, William Scouts and how much he loves Brad Lambert. Um, I could see Brad Lambert going top five. No one's really expecting that. Frank Nazar, as, my, as many jokes as we've made about him, dude, he had a really good um, under-18 tournament. I mean, he, he looked really, 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 really good. He has three goals, six assists, nine points in six games. I like him as, <laughs> as, much, of, uh, as much as we've made jokes about him. Um, uh, William Scouts is also really high on uh, Chirik, uh, the right. I don't know if I'm butchering his name. If I am, let me know. But um, right-handed defenseman. I mean, there, there are two right-handed defensemen in this draft that like are are like the top guys that I'm looking at. Obviously, Nemec and then uh, Chirik. But if I had to guess, I say we stay at four and we either get Nemec or Savoy. I don't know. I'm sorry, Nemec or Cooley. That's my that's my thing. So we both had them landing Cooley just in different spots. Yeah, I think the top three is going to end up being Montreal, Philly, Arizona. One, two, three. Yeah. Um, you don't think they give the – I mean, not that they give the pick to anybody, but you don't think Seattle will get the pick? So they, they kind of like – because I can see them giving them a top two pick to kind of like accelerate their, their rebuild since they started drafting Carson Turinsky in the expansion draft. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm excited. I think they're, they're going to push them to four just mm-hmm. because – they, didn't they make, uh, what was it, number two last year? Yeah, they got Matt, uh, Matthew Benier's number two. Yeah, and I think, like, if this thing is rigged, <laughs> I think, dude, the NHL's got to be pissed that, that they picked all bums. I mean. Oh, no, on. 100%. Dude, I I, I, gen- like, I don't think the NHL was happy with them. There's no way they can be. I mean, that's not good for the game. I don't care. Like, how many – there's not a lot of ways to put it. Like, like the NHL – like you can you can say oh they they wanted the flexibility with the cap space they wanted this they wanted that and like yeah, I I get that like they didn't want to go the, the the Vegas Golden Knights way they didn't want to go all in at the start because obviously look how the Golden Knights are now I mean they're in, they're going to be in absolute cap hell and they didn't even make the playoffs this year so I see that argument but I mean the, the roster they drafted the coach that they hired is just so bad it's just so bad so I mean I I don't know I don't know. We'll see. Yes, we will, and we will we will find out shortly where exactly we will be picking, and from there, then we can really start to pinpoint what's going on. Because I mean, it's a big difference between two and six, like the scope of the players, realistically, that you're gonna look at to yeah. want to take. Luke says, "Need your boldest prediction for the off season." See, I didn't even think about this yet. Boldest prediction for the off season, huh? Ah uh, man. Uh, man, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna trade for a, a elite talent. I don't know who it's going to be, but I think he's gonna. I think Chuck's gonna bring in some some guy that we're gonna go get jerseys for. I, th- I, that's I think. My... Prov- I think Provrov gets traded, and the Flyers eventually bring in some already number one from another team. In are, are they trading Provrov for that number one? Um. Or I mean, I guess separate. in theory they could, but I, I'm not, I'm not saying that they will. I mean, if they trade away Provorov, you 100% have to go go get another. Yeah. Uh, another. Uh, you it's as much as we want to fucking 
complain about Provorov's last couple seasons. I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to replace 25 minutes a night, how much how much hockey that kid actually plays. So, yeah, if, I mean, if you're trading him away, obviously you're going to get a haul, but you're going to have to go get another uh, – Another top top end defenseman. So yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a that's a bold prediction. I don't see him getting traded, but I mean, if it does happen, I wouldn't be completely surprised. Like I said, nothing's off that's the board. That's my boldest, though. Yeah, my boldest. My boldest is I think, I I think we bring in an elite talent that like gets the fan base crazy excited, kind of thing. Because like, like we, we said before, we need to. We traded Claude Giroux, and you're going on ESPN and telling. That we're going to be good. And more importantly, in your press conference, you're telling me that Coots and Ellis count as an addition, as if I haven't seen Sean Couturier on the Flyers with even Claude Giroux and Wayne Simmons and Jake. I've seen him on teams with better players than he has now, and the team still didn't have it. So, like, we, we got to stop acting like, like, or uh, I'm saying this to Chuck, like, he's got to stop acting like he, he's getting fucking Gordy Howe and Lidstrom coming back. I mean... <laughs> I love those guys. I think they're going to be good when healthy, but more needs to be done clearly because I think even if they were fully healthy this year and still kept Claude Giroux, I don't even know if they had enough then. I really don't. I mean, we could play the what-if game all we want, but like from what I've seen from the players who were healthy and played their attitudes, I mean, I don't think we in any scenario we were going to have a successful season. I mean, I, I agree. Like I said in the beginning of the podcast, are Couturier and Ellis coming back going to help this team? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, this team would have been a little bit better with both of them on it, but there's just so many other holes on this team. There are so many other holes on this team. The last 20, the, uh, since the trade deadline, our, our top five in points were Kevin Hayes with three goals, 12 assists, 15 points. Konechny with six goals, eight assists, 14 points. Vareem's like with 10 goals, three assists, 13 points. Provrov, four goals, seven assists, 11 points. Then Noah Cates with five, four, and nine, and then Frost right behind him with three, five, and eight. So I mean, well, like it, it's hard to look at the last couple of games from the trade deadline because we were already dead in the water by then because we just traded away our fucking captain and one of our best players in the franchise history, in top top five probably. So I mean, it's hard to kind of like get excited, I guess you can say. With any of that, because I mean, Connecting was had a, Connecting had a bad season. James Van Riemsdyk had a bad season. James Van Riemsdyk is like I hate the fucking people that will point it like they will this often. They will they they will point to James Van Riemsdyk like goal to a uh, goal to uh, oh, no, I can't talk goal totals and be like, well, look, like he he hit his like usual his usual goals for a year. Like, he he has what? How many goals did this guy have? He had eleven in mid March. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't matter. The rest doesn't matter. And this is what I was ranting about before we, before we even started this podcast. Like, JVR, yes, he is good enough to do that power play between the legs move in game 82 when both teams are out of the playoffs. He's good enough to do that. But when, when it's game 20 and the Flyers are traveling to TD Garden on the second half of a back-to-back in a game that they need because they, they lost the one the night before, he's invisible. He's completely invisible. Yeah, and you for can't... a goal scorer, I've never seen him score a big goal. I mean, seriously, now, he, it's always he... like a like a four one goal to, and then like a five one. Like he'll score like a, a goal to make it five one in a game against like the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Though? No, no, I agree. You know, one hundred percent. Like he's especially for the amount of money that he makes. Like you can't you can't disappear the way he does for sure. 
I agree. He he he's got to like I've seen so many like what do you what's your opinion on the uh on this cuz I've seen a lot of people say that instead of retrading him this summer and like probably eating 50%, 25%, why not just let him play on the team next year and let the fucking contract expire and then just get rid of him for free next year. Well, because like you're going on ESPN and telling me like you still think you can win next year. And I've seen with my own eyes for multiple years, like you, you can't win with that guy making seven million dollars. You just can't. Like he was sitting in playoff games. <laughs> yeah, he did. Seven million dollars. Like the 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 cap isn't two hundred. Two hundred million. It's fucking eighty. It's an eighty million dollar cap. He's making seven million and he's sitting in the playoffs. I mean Tell the viewers, uh tell the listeners what you said to me if he's still on the team next year. Oh, I'm so checked out. <laughs> I'm so checked out. I won't even take the year seriously. I may I may watch some games here or there. If, if, you know, if they get off to a hot start, they might rope me in for a little bit. But I will say throughout the entire summer, the camp, preseason, this team won't have it. They won't have it. They won't be able to make the proper changes they need to make, especially with some contracts that they need to sign down the line if they keep JVR. And, he, and, and he's being dead serious, folks. He, he he's If JVR is on this team next year, Danny is not going to be. So No, I'm so checked out. It's all A.J. Brown Eagles, dude. No, for sure. I, mean, I, the- I can't even blame you, to be honest with you. I really can't. Like, like I can sit here and be like, but, bro, like, we're, me and you are both diehard Flyers fans. Like, we're with this team through thick and thin. I mean, I can't sit here and blame you, man. I really can't. It's been fucking years and years and years and years and years of just mediocre hockey. And I, I we talked about it last night. How many fucking teams have overlapped us that we're currently watching in the playoffs? The Kings were a dynasty for a couple years, won a couple cups, re, rebuilt, and are back in the playoffs before I have a 30-goal score. You have to assume, like, the Ducks are going to make it back before us, too. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I assume think. the Sharks may even get in there before us. Like, who knows? <laughs> like, I, dude, I'm what? not ruling anything out. The only teams that I'll rule out is like Arizona, and you have to give Montreal a pass because they just went to a Cup final. So, like, in theory, they already kind of lapped us. Yeah, I mean, I talked about our power play. We have a better chance of winning the number one overall pick than we do at scoring a power play goal this it's, year, at that's least. Insane power play since uh. The trade deadline, 8.6%, and we have a 9.5% of winning the first overall pick. So, it's pretty, it's pretty fucking <laughs> sad. Funny. It's pretty fucking that, that, sad. That is, fu- that is a funny stat, though. And I'm glad I'm glad you told me that. <laughs> yeah, Because it really puts it in perspective. It really, it really does. Seamus, do you guys also think Mitch Marner would be a mistake? Now, I think this is contingent upon the Maple Leafs collapsing, correct? I mean, I, I, Seamus was also at the Phillies game the other day, and he was trying to convince me that Mitch Marner would be a mistake. And I'm like, all right, dude, you, you you could probably make, all right, you can make that comment if you're gonna base it on his contract. But even if you're doing that, if if Mitch Marner is getting traded, if the if the Leafs blow up in the playoffs this year, they're going to eat that con. No one's taking on that contract like fully. So, and. Another thing, like he he he's saying that like, he thinks that the people, the players around him, have to do with how good he is. I mean, Mitch Marner has been as good as oh, he's Mitch been. Mitch Marner is so damn good for a very long time. Yeah, like obviously, fucking Matt. Like, I don't think he even plays on the same line as Matthews, so you can't even say that. But Mitch Marner is, is a very, very, very good hockey player. That kid is elite. That would be the kind of move that like would get the fans going. Like that, that would be the move that 
I said about 10 minutes ago, my, my, my bold prediction from Luke's comment, that would be a move, a bold fucking move that the Flyers could make that would have 75% of this, 80% of this fan base running out to Dick Sporting Goods buying jerseys for. I mean, Mitch Marner Absolutely. is an elite fucking player. And, and if it's not tr- a mistake. No, it's not. No, I, I just there, there's nothing you could say to me that I would agree that Mitch trading for Mitchell Marner would be a mistake. That dude is a very good hockey player. Oh yeah. No, and listen, the only reason why Mitch Marner is in trade talks is because there is two other forwards on that team that make ten plus million dollars. Like, say he were to come here and the salary gets cut to and by a million, it's nine point nine. He's going to be the only forward making that on the Philadelphia Flyers. So it's not as much of an anchor as it is on that team because that team is so forward heavy with their with their contracts yeah. that it, it, it does weigh them down if they're not able to get the job done in the playoffs. That's the move they have to make. Dude, he makes 10-9. He does make 10-9, yeah. Holy shit. Austin 11-6, Tavares 11, Marner 10-9. But that's why it's so problematic. I think Mitch Marner, honestly... Even at 10.9, if he was on just a different team, but like he was the guy just making 10.9, I think that would even be more manageable than the situation the Leafs have. The Leafs are just kind of in boom or bust. It's like it's all in the offense, and if those guys don't get it done and changes need to be made, it, it starts with those guys. Absolutely. And that's just the situation they're in. I agree, but I don't I don't think trading for Mitch Marner would be a mistake at any point. No. No. Absolutely Love you, though, Seamus. Michael Johnson, two, if I may. Absolutely. What what has Chuck Fletcher done to deserve keeping his job? Is anyone addressing the lack of communication that has been spoken of? And I'm glad he said this because these are two things that I've actually complained about on this podcast throughout the season. One, Chuck Fletcher having just the utmost security from the jump. Like, I'm talking as soon as those press conferences came out when everything was going to shit and the coaches were fired – Dave Scott sat right next to Chuck Fletcher and not he didn't say it word for word, but basically in my mind was like his job is secure. We are a tandem. We're going to get out of this together and we're going to look to next year together. When I was of the mindset that no one's job should have been safe after this year. So I agree with you, Michael Johnson. Is anyone addressing the lack of communication that has been spoken of? Um, I think they just they realize like it's a PR nightmare right now. And so they're only given information and press conferences out when they absolutely need to, I feel like. Well, Frost doesn't even know what position the organization wants him to be playing moving forward. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a fucking issue. Like, he literally was like, I do not know what position they want me to play, whether it's center or wing, but I'm more comfortable at center. That's a fucking problem, bro. Unless they're, like, not telling him that because he's gone this summer, which is a possibility. I he, How do you not tell that kid what position he needs? Because, like, like, Morgan Frost has... Greatly improved this season. I mean, if if we're being serious, this is his first full season in the NHL. His this is basically this was his rookie year in a way, and Chuck uh, Chuck acknowledged that. I mean, he got hurt last season, like two games in, four periods into his fucking f- first season, and then missed the entire year. And now he's back this year, coming off that surgery. Uh, Meltzer has even commented on a couple times he doesn't think that his shots all the way back. So I mean that's something that he's going to be working out, working on this summer. And I, I I just don't believe that you should be trading away a player like him right now. Now if he comes out next year and he kind of doesn't take another step forward, then yeah we're going to start looking to it. But the improvement that he's shown this year, I mean 
Chuck mentioned it in his presser. Uh, Frost really took the criticism that was thrown his way this year in stride. He, he, he took it to heart. He worked on his game. And we saw the improvements the last 20 games. I mean, that uh, Kate's Frost tippet line was the best line on the team by far. I mean, even Couturier acknowledged it in his exit interview. I mean, Couturier was like, by far, the last 20 games, Kate's Frost tippet was the best line on the team. And I look forward to seeing them uh, be a part of this team for a very long time. So. The communication definitely worries me. Uh, the, the whole Chuck Fletcher deserves the job thing. I mean, I I, I agree. Uh, even in the, his last press conference a couple of days ago, he said he said something that I know would have pissed you off, Danny. He was like, uh, "Dave Scott has given me all the resources to 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 be successful," and that just screams like, "My job's cool. I'm ready to go into this summer and like fix it again." But I mean, if we have another season like this, like, there's no way he's the fucking GM again. It can't happen. But, like, my thing is him saying that is him self-admitting that he had those resources the the last, what, three years? Yeah. And we're still in the same position. I mean, it, you fool me once. I mean, you, you know it. You know the saying stops. Yeah. Fool me once. But, dude. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Would you forget the saying? No. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me once, shame on Fool me twice, shame on me. I thought you forgot it. You kind of just paused. Nah, everyone knows it. I didn't, yeah. want to, didn't want to be too corny with it. But we were in this spot last season. And we gave the excuse shortened season, COVID season. I sat there and watched a Lake Placid game with no-name bots on the ice. We were in the same spot last season. So there's no excuses this season. Yep. That's he, just the way I feel. Like you said, I mean, we keep going back to it. You've been going back to it for the last three, four episodes. If you're going to go on ESPN and promise an aggressive retool to the point where we are going to be in the playoffs next year, then there are going to have to be some serious changes to this team. You're going to have to make some creative moves this offseason. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. There's a big chance that we're going to be checked out of this team next year, bro. <laughs> I could see it. I really could. Yeah, like I'm weighing it at like a, a 30-70. 30% chance that they make – and I feel like I'm being generous, honestly, by giving them a 30% chance that they're going to make all, like, every piece is going to fall, every domino is going to fall correctly, and they're going to be a good team next season. I feel like I'm being generous giving that a 30% chance because li- everything needs to go right. Yeah. I mean, everything needs to go right. I think you're being generous as well. Yeah, that, that's orange tinted right there. Dom, Dom Bala. Which is the biggest free agent we will sign? Not the one you want, but the biggest we'll sign. Um, I mean, you could take that one first. Kadri. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna keep going back to fucking Kadri, dude. I, mean, I, I really hope it's not him, man. I really hope it's not him. Just feel like he's the guy the Flyers are foaming at the mouth to throw money at. Um, I can see them going after Philip Forsberg. Well, that, Matt Lucci says Philip Forsberg flyer 2022. Yeah, um, we've always made jokes about it. Andre Palat. <laughs> if that's the biggest free agent, <laughs> I'm checked. Um, Josh Manson would be a uh, another one that I would be looking at too. Um, he only makes 4.1 right now, so I, mean, I can see them. If, if York makes the team on the third pairing, I can see them looking at him as like a Justin Braun replacement. I think Josh, Josh Manson is a little bit better than Braun, but I can see them going after him. But yeah, there there are a lot of options. There, are, like we said, there are a lot of 
creative things that Chuck has to do in order for us to believe that this team can turn this around because just getting Couturier and fucking Ellis back and a healthy Kevin Hayes is not going to make this team a cup contender. Maybe maybe a wild card in the playoffs, but it's not going to make them a cup contender by any means. So, yeah, And that's like if guys bounce back, if young guys take steps, which we've yeah. already seen what that gamble can be when it goes south. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen it the last two years. We've, we've banked on players to stay healthy. We've banked on young guys to take steps to keep progressing. And some guys have regressed, and we've seen the effect it's had on our team. Yeah, I mean, we went into uh, 20, 2020 with fucking Phil Myers as, like, a top-four defenseman, and that blew up on our face, so. Sean Mahan, are any of the guys we're looking to draft NHL ready now? You already spoke to this. Yeah. Right? Uh, Shane Wright. Wright. Wright and Cooley, but I think Cooley's going to go back to the – not go back, but Cooley's committed to Minnesota, so he'll he'll do at least one year there, so. Uh yeah, I don't I don't see anybody else being an NHL ready unless like Slavovsky blows the doors down in 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 the camp that he's in. But nah, yeah, I don't see anybody being an NHL ready. I hate Chuck Fletcher. <laughs> what the fuck? Rooting for Rangers at I don't know. That's not even a real name. Do you think McEwen will stay in Philly? I do. Um. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I had to like, guess. I'm, I'm indifferent about it. Yeah, uh, I I generally don't care to be honest with you, dude. Like I I would I rather have a player that is actually skilled on my fourth line. Yeah, I would because I mean, McEwen's not the the best player in the world. Like I I would ha- like people always bring up the fact that he can fight and he's a, like he's he's physical and shit like that, which he is. Like it's it, he definitely plays flyer hockey for sure. But I I would like a player that does both or can do both, like a player that plays like that but can also pot the bitch. Um. And not look like a fucking a baby giraffe falling on the ice at times. I mean, that dude looks like he doesn't know how to skate sometimes. It's it's, it's fucking it's, it's pretty funny. Dude, I'm gonna like like Lawton and Cates in the bottom six. Dude, like if this that's what I'm saying. Healthy. Like Cates, Lawton, and then Allison as a fourth line would be so much better than fucking Nate Thompson and and Zach McEwen with fucking uh, Oscar Lindblom on my fourth line. Like I would like give me a like. Give me a fucking fourth line that's skilled, but they can also punch you in the face. Like, Cates, Lawton. Everyone wants to talk about how good Lawton and how, how much of a leader he is and how he can he gets in the dirty areas and he sticks up for his teammates. Lawton would be a perfect fucking bottom six player on his team. A perfect fourth line player. Like, we always talked about it, Danny. We always talked about it. On a playoff team, on a playoff team, Scott Lawton is a 4C and he's a fucking good one. He is a 4C oh, yeah. and he's a good one. He's a winning 4C, absolutely. Yes, and like, that's like, we're not saying that as a knock on him. We're no. saying like like he thrives there. You get the most efficient value out of a Scott Law in, in that spot. Absolutely, I, I on a fucking playoff team, he's a four C. So that that that's what I'm looking at. Like, yeah, can he step up and play in other positions on other lines? Yeah, but I mean, if I had my say on look like, my perfect four lines, he's on my fourth line, one hundred percent. We'll see. We'll see where how things shake out. We'll see. We'll see what this roster looks like come come training camp, and then we'll break the lines down. We'll see who makes the team, and we'll see what we have. It's so hard to make that prediction now. So it's it's absolutely, and I can't stress this enough. One of the most unpredictable summers going into a summer as a as a Flyers fan since I've been a Flyers fan. One of the most because yeah. we don't have Drew anymore. Unpredictable is a pretty good word. 
Yeah, like we don't have like we still got coots, but as far like the core has officially that core that we all known for so long has officially been breaking up yeah. or broken up. And he's not Drew's not coming back, so people get that out of their head. Yeah, well, at the very least, we can't like bank on it. We can't like, oh, well, like Jesus will come back. Like, no, no. If if that ever happens, if it pops up, it does. But if not, you gotta forget about it. Forget about. It. Don't even have it in your mind. I agree. No, you can't. You can't bank on it, like you said. I, I <laughs> people were saying like how like it's like breaking out of prison. Like if Drew finally broke out of prison, you think he would like waltz back into it? <laughs> dude, I, he just got an assist tonight. I was watch. I just watched the clip actually. He was he was yeah. smiling. He's happy, dude. His goal a couple of days ago was nice too. Even though it wasn't, they kind of like bounced off of him. But uh, they're winning five one. Good for Florida. Fuck Washington, dude. Fuck yep, Washington. And the, and the Phillies are about to blow it in the ninth. Yeah, I love that shit. I got it up right next to me. It's awesome. Rangers beat the Penguins, so that that series won one. Look, really looking forward to that Colorado Nashville game because I I want to see if Nashville bounces back from that ass whooping the other day. I'm looking day. forward to this Calgary game because oh I God, I know. Even though it was one nothing, I I always love seeing the sea of red. Yeah. Always love seeing that. There's just one of my favorite thing. It. Yeah, one of my favorite. Growing up, because we talked about Mike Smith and we were kind of laughing about that the other day. When Arizona was in the playoffs when we were, like, 11, 12 years old, the Sea of White, I always liked that, too. All the white uh, shirts that they would wear in uh, yeah, Arizona. Yeah, I agree, but I, I think the way Winnipeg did it, yeah, yeah, es- yeah, especially in, like, 2018, I thought it was cooler. But you know what my favorite one is? The Sea of Orange, Danny. The Sea of Orange. Th- that was my thought, too. That was my thought, too. The other night when I was watching that Sea of Red, I was like, damn, this is so cool. And then I was like, wait, we have one of these that are so cool. We do. And I would love to see it. We do. absolutely would love to see. Yeah, does of... it bother you? This is random, very random. <laughs> but does it bother you that there's no paint on the ice for the playoffs? I didn't even notice that. There's no, there's no like Stanley Cup playoff paint. Yeah, like at the blue line, how there's always like the big logo. Yeah, I always thought like yeah, there's it's not there anymore. Like, what I the fuck? That, I always, I loved it. I always thought there was something about it, especially like when you go to a game and you just like before the game yeah. and the ice is clean. And you just see it on the ice. It, I don't know. I thought there, I always thought there was something about it. I really liked. And yeah, that pisses me off. No, that, that definitely bothers me. That definitely bothers me. One hundred percent. I didn't even know when I when when we get off here and we start watching these two West games. I'll I'll definitely look for it. That kind of pisses me off now. Yeah. I mean, at least the buildings. Every building that I've seen, I've I've tried to look for it, and I haven't seen it. So that's weird. Yeah, I guess I guess ESPN was like, nah, don't look good on camera. Yeah, nah, dude. Look nah, dude. <laughs> nah, dude. Uh, last question: What do you think about JVR, <laughs> and will he be back? Listen, my thoughts on JVR are quite clear. I hope that this is the. <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I hope I watched my last game. As I feel like I watched too many games in my life. As James Van Reems, like as a Philadelphia Flyer, I'm sorry. Wait, yeah. He should not have been here from a span. Like, I know it was sporadic because he went to Toronto, but from 2007 to 2022, he played games for the Flyers. And and has done absolutely nothing worth noting. <laughs> no. He's done not one thing worth noting this entire time. Um, Yeah, I mean, he, he, he cannot be back this year. No. 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 He, he can't. He, he's got to be. I mean,. Yeah, I just there's no way. I'm not gonna be saying I'm not gonna say I'm gonna be checked out if he's back next year. But I mean, like Danny said, if you're if you're gonna commit to this quote unquote rebuild, then I don't see how James Ramsey's like can be back. And another thing, like Jim Jackson, love him to death. He's always like JVR's. 
hat and it between the legs moves. Yeah, no, that shit gotta stop. He hits it once every three years, dude. You gotta stop calling it a pat and it between <laughs> the legs move, bro. <laughs> like he hit it the uh, he hit it the last game of the season, was it? Or yeah, I don't know. Pat and move. I'm like, all right, now now he hit it, so now he's gonna say it for the next fucking three years. Oh, yeah. It's gotta stop, dude. But yeah, I know because like I said, like. Yet in the game against Boston in TD Garden, the game that matters, he goes for that. Gets, <laughs> gets, gets, gets crushed. Shoved, <laughs> gets shoved out of the paint, stripped, yeah. going the other way. Gets cross-checked in the back and flops <laughs> on the ground, dude, for sure. Absolutely. That's it for the questions, right? That is it for the questions. We've got a couple of more things that I want to talk about before we... uh. Before we head out, first is the Sam Warren news, which oh yes, yeah, we didn't talk about that yet, dude. That fucking sucks. Like, like, let's take a step back real quick. That blows. Like me and you talk. Like, we've always talked about how yeah he was drafted in 2013, and like we haven't really seen him since then. Like we were 13 years old the the time that he was drafted. But I mean, like, as a person, because I know how much the kid loves hockey. That that. It's like I I struggled listening to his press conference today. I, I was on my lunch break and I had like my head my uh, earbud on. He, dude, he's known since December. Like December is when he was told by a New York doctor that he should probably shut it down. And like, like a, a thing for a guy like him, like growing up, like that's your identity. And I'm not gonna say he's gonna have like an identity crisis because he seems pretty content on on the news now. But I mean, like, as a hockey player, you grow up and the only thing you know is hockey, hockey, hockey. And the kid's only 26 years old, so I mean, now he has to just completely like shift his life. I mean, he said he he still wants to stay in hockey. He loves the sport. He 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 would die for it. And I hope the Flyers give him a job. But I mean, that is just fucking. That's heartbreaking, bro. It really is. No, absolutely. And my first thought, like, just thinking of, as like just a human being, it's like. He committed so many years to this and to make it to think like in 2013 when he got drafted in the first round, he's probably thinking like if I, I just I made it like if I, if I put my time in, I show out, I'm going to hopefully get a nice contract extension down the line, be in the league for so many years. And just to have that stripped away after you just had so many years dedicated to the craft. Yeah, it's absolutely heartbreaking. I, I feel I feel absolutely terrible about it. Yeah. Hopefully he stays in the organization, and I mean, because he's a he's a great kid to be around. Great dude. I mean, he's not a kid to me. He's he's a lot older than me, but he's a great dude to be around. He seems like a great dude to be around. I'm pretty sure you've met him before. So <laughs> I did. I did. I didn't understand a word he said. But I <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it seems like a really really good dude. Seems like a kind of guy that you want to play for, that you want to be around. Um, so I hope he stays in the organization. Uh, shout out to to Sam Warren, man, for sure. Uh, Proveroff's comment. Gotta get into that before we end this. It got under my skin. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. Pro, I know. Provorov got under my skin because I don't, I don't like it when in a year like this, I just I don't like that attitude. You know what I'm saying? No, I liked what Atkinson and Lawton said. Like they, like you can make comments like that, and and, and it can come out the right way. Like, dude, dude, they're gonna blow this. The Phillies are bl- gonna blow. I'm sorry to like change this up, huh? dude. The Phillies, oh, it's dude, it's eight seven. Oh, no. dude, there's no way they just blew. They just blew that. <laughs> oh my god. Baseball is back, baby. Dude, are you fucking kidding me? We're so Are you back. fucking kidding me? Oh, not to not to get off topic, but no, 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 no. Get off topic because that is an absolute dagger to the Phillies. Are I mean, you fucking kidding me, dude? 
If you don't like baseball, you, you just just skip it for now. I'm sorry because that that is atrocious and an absolute dagger. Fuck you! To the Phillies. I don't even know who this is that I'm looking at right now, but fuck you, dude. Dude, Mets fans are going absolutely insane right now. That's fucking embarrassing, man. That's fucking embarrassing. What a what a poverty franchise. And we want to talk about poverty franchises. That's the most. That's the one, one of the most losing franchising in, in in the history of fucking sports, right there. Fuck that team, honestly. But to go back on what I was saying, <laughs> Ackerson and Lawton were like, I thought we were soft this year. We sucked. Like that's like that's a great way to put it without being an asshole. Like, and I know Provorov was directly asked to to grade his performance, but I mean, like. I, I just thought it was unprofessional. Like, you're supposed to be one of the leaders on the team. You're a guy that plays 25 minutes a night, and you're going to turn around and be like, ooh, well, you guys are the hockey ex. But, like, they're, no, dude. Like, they're asking you a fucking question because they're journalists, and that's their fucking job. They're supposed like, to like write. Like, the Philadelphia Flyers are on the brink of irrelevancy, and you're mad at the media for being pissed about it? Like, I'm looking at it from our perspective. Like, like honestly, just from, like, a Liberty Yell perspective. Like, I look at it from, like... If the team was good and in the playoffs, more people would listen to the show. I mean, that, that that's just how this shit works. So, there, of course, media people are upset. The team is irrelevant. irrelevant. The Sixers went out and got in, albeit I know they're probably about to lose to Miami, but they went out, got James Harden, made headlines, were interesting. The Phillies, I mean, they suck, but they went out and tried, at least. Like, they went out and got Castellanos. The, the Eagles, A.J. Brown, like, they are on the brink of just being— They are No, they're not on the brink. They are irrelevant. They are the most irrelevant team in Philadelphia, and you're mad at the media members whose whose jobs are dedicated to covering this team for being upset about that? Like, those guys all remember when the Philadelphia Flyers were a brand to be fucked with. Like, seriously, not to be fucked with. Like, ah. It, it, like you said, it's just unprofessional, especially my, my thought process is, like, why do you care? Why do you care what the media thinks? Why do you care enough to make that comment? Basically, like, uh, that's my frustration with it. No, I, I agree. I I mean, obviously, it's not like the the it's not a, it's not a huge, huge, huge kind of deal. But I mean, it it kind of it just rubbed people the wrong way. And I, I don't blame like if you don't if you didn't have a problem with it, good, great for you. I I don't give a fuck. If you did have a problem with it, good, great for you. I I, I personally did. I I I didn't like the comment at all, at all. But um, I think that's it. That's all I wanted to cover. We talked about the coaches. We talked about the lottery. May 10th, less than a week, we'll be back on air. Actually, we're going to do – I've been cooking up with my boy Seamus. We're going to be doing a live show, Danny. I don't know if – I haven't even told you about – yeah, yeah, I told you about that. Seamus has been cooking shit up for us. Draft – I mean, it's not going to be a huge show. It's not going to be like an hour-long show because the draft lottery, I'm pretty sure, is only about 30 minutes. So, But but you will have our live reaction to it. You will have our live reaction to it. So, that'll be fun. That's in what five hey. days next Tuesday. So that'd be fun. Yeah, we we gotta clip that the live reaction to the Phillies. Yeah, yeah, Love definitely. Let's do we're, it. we're gonna get that out. We're gonna get that out on socials. That that's funny. That is funny. <laughs> Are you fucking? Kidding? <laughs> they're, they're, they're doing it. It's eight seven. <laughs> Dude, that's what I'm talking about. The Flyers are actually irrelevant. Fucking this this shit would be fun. This like I was talking to my. My my uh my foreman at work he was asking about the podcast and he was like uh, he was obviously like it's probably not doing that well because like they're they're bad and I, and I was like like 
yeah, it, it, it gets boring coming on here and shitting on this team. Like, I, I love the Flyers. I'm a Flyers diehard. I'll always love this team. I love hockey. It's my passion. It's like my favorite thing to watch. But it gets fucking boring coming on here and, and, and bitching about a team yeah. as much as I, 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 I have to bitch because, like, they're fucking brutal. They're brutal. Like, I'm not just bitching the bitch. Like, people who have been listening to us for the last two, three years know that like, we just call it as it is. Like, we're, we don't have an agenda. We're not fucking coming on here being like, ooh, Ooh, did you see that 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 turnover in the neutral zone? That player sucks. Like like no like if a player blows, we're gonna fucking say he blows. Like Keith Yandel sucks. Keith Yandel's not good anymore. Keith Yandel was once a very good hockey player. The dude fucking sucks. Like we're not coming on yeah, here and the, the bitterness isn't unwarranted, especially when. I mean, like think about the last three seasons. One year the team looks phenomenal. We're having fun. I mean, like we're. It was so much fun interacting with all the people who still even listen today, like Bleed Orange and Black, this, that. Like, remember how much fun that year was before yeah. COVID hit? Just the team was winning games. We were talking about how, like, this team's unbeatable in a four-game set, like a four-game series. And then the bubble run, the the way that ended. And then we go, okay, yeah, that sucks. That Game 7 shutout loss. But we're going to run it back next year, and hopefully fans will be in the – wait, no. Okay, shortened season – fans at minimal capacity like 20 percent capacity okay i mean i guess i'll take that team sucks come back next year <laughs> team should be better fully healthy ryan ellis it, it finally seems and fans in the building buildings packed i remember that first game against vancouver they came back oh my god scored the building was rocking and i had a feeling of like all right here we go here is finally time for flyers fans to get excited again i we can pack out a building again and it's, they suck. They suck. That's where the bitterness comes from. Yeah. I haven't Dude. seen a Wells Far I haven't seen a Wells Fargo Center playoff game since I went to the the 2018 one. Yeah, I was there too. Yeah, and we're not going to see one until at the earliest hopefully April 2023. And and also so. I I'm seeing people be like should I like look at Ratko Goodis. Everyone wanted to call Racco Gudis a bad hockey player, but dude, he is playing on a great. He's playing on a fucking elite hockey team right now, and we depend on him as a top four. Like, he's not. He sucks. <laughs> he sucked for us. Like he he single handedly lost us game six. He single handedly like we're not just pulling shit out of our ass. Like we're not just fucking saying shit to say shit. The dude sucks. You're right. Like that team was very. Like, he, he's a depth player on that team. On this team, like you said, he was looked to be a top-four guy. So it's it's a completely different game. Like, he's probably playing less minutes, less responsibility, better matchups. It's, yeah. yeah, it's different. It's brutal, dude. I mean, like, playing on a... Like, like, people... I don't even want to start. Playing on a fucking good team makes even so-so players good like like if you've been saying this all year like we really got we really got to stop with like every time like just because the flyers are bad just because like a guy who was on the team once is having success somewhere else like we just need to cry about it like like dude ryan hartman was barely here <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying ryan hartman's like, on a very very good team yeah like he was barely here we act like he was a guy that was like in our pipeline for eight years that we just traded away like like no that's not what happened here I know. NAK, same shit. Like I mean, he's like he's like the number one center on that team. He would not be the number one center here. And the one I see a lot is Gostas Bear. Oh my god! Yeah. And it's it's like, dude, you you have to understand. I bet you if James Van Riemsdyk goes to Arizona next year, his numbers are gonna be good. 
I bet you he'll have good numbers. Because every game in Arizona is game 82, like the other game against Ottawa. No one gives a fuck. He'll eat down there. No, he will. I hope he eats in that, that college stadium. I hope he gets traded there, dude. I really do. I really do. Yeah, that was episode 79. You got anything else? Nah, that's it. I think that was a pretty good one. 83 minutes. Yeah, we got we caught a Phillies classic Phillies blown lead. Yeah, gotta gotta clip that tonight, dude. <laughs> for sure. Send it to Drew for sure. But be sure to follow us on the socials at the Liberty O. On Twitter, me at T L Y Danny, Chris at Chris Stumps. And go floor.